اگر مستم من است اگر مستم من است عشق تو مستم عشق تو مستم My name is Saeed Talajui. I am a lecturer in Persian and Comparative Literature at the University of St. Andrews. The song that I performed is called My Beloved One Has a Fine Taste. It is by Ali Akbar Shayda, who was a composer and a poet at the same time. It was composed at the beginning of 20th century, and since then it has been performed by different musicians and different singers. The subject of the poem is a discussion of the taste of the beloved one. The poet starts by saying that if I am drunken, it is because of the crazy love that I have for my beloved one. My name is Parmis, and I am a research fellow at the Institute of Iranian Studies, University of St. Andrews. The instrument that I'm playing is called santur, which is a kind of hammered dulcimer. It has a trapezoid shape, and it has 72 strings, which makes it very difficult to tune. <laughs> we play it with two types of hammers, which we call mezrab. We know that it is an old instrument. There have been some changes in the way that people are playing it, but the shape has been the same. The first piece that I'm going to play for you is in the mode of dashti, and it is a free rhythm piece. In it you would hear quite a few quarter tones. The second piece is called Zardemalije, which is a folk piece from Gilan province in the coasts of the Caspian Sea. Zardemalije is a type of non-native sparrow, which is the herald of the spring. One of the best representation of a culture is the cities it has. I was born in Hamadan and I went through a period of Iranian history in which rapid development was the main characteristic. That is the late 1960s and early 1970s. And then it led to the Iranian revolution in 1979. Hamadan is the oldest imperial capital of Iran. It was the capital of the Medes. It was the place from which the Medes began to conquer different regions in the Middle East and Iran. It was also the summer capital of the Achaemenes, an empire that was established by Cyrus the Great about 2,550 years ago. It has a great number of historical places that represent this past. Uh, for instance, we have Ganjname, which contains two very famous inscriptions of Darius the Great and Xerxes, in which they talk about their achievements, about their conquests, and the fact that they believe in God and they want to rule their people in peace. It is also the burial place of Esther, who is famous from the Bible, and who was the queen, the wife of Xerxes, and known to be the savior of the Jews from massacre. Also, the famous lyric poet of the 11th century, Baba Tahir, was born and died in Hamadan. Hamadan has continued to be one of the important cities in Iran because of its location. 
it is the junction where different Iranian ethnicities meet. Because to the west of Hamadan, we have the Kurds, to the south, we have the Lors, to the north, we have the Turks, and to the east, mostly, we have the Persians. So the city itself is a place in which these different ethnicities meet. So during different eras, before and after Islam, it has functioned as a place of interest to the kings and to empires. Another important place in Iran, which also functioned as the capital of Iran for more than two centuries, is Isfahan. Isfahan is to the south of Tehran, about 350 kilometers to the south. It is a very ancient city, probably as old as Hamadan. But what is special about it is that it became the capital of the Safavid Empire during the 16th century. And it contains some of the most beautiful palaces and mosques that exist in Iran. Iran during the Safavid era went through a period of prosperity, so progress was at the center of the life in this city. It was also very multicultural because it had a very old Jewish population from the past, and also Armenians. So we had Armenian Christians and the Jewish population and also Zoroastrians living in the same city side by side with Muslims. There were also different ethnicities living in the city because as a capital it attracted people from different regions of Iran. The Kurds, the Lurs and the Turks also migrated to Isfahan. Isfahan was one of the biggest cities in the Middle East in its time. And we have a proverb saying that Isfahan is Nesfe Jahan, which means Isfahan is half of the world. So if somebody visits Isfahan, it is as if they have seen half of the world. Isfahan became one of the most important centers for the production of artistic works in Iran. Many architectural achievements of Iranian culture were produced during this era. One of the special things about the period is that the kings did not function as patrons of poetry because they believed that panegyric poetry or court poetry should only be dedicated to the Shia imams. As a result, during the 16th and 17th century, Persian poetry did not grow as much as it should have. But other forms of art flourished in Iran, woodwork, tiles, and everything related to the building of palaces and also different forms of handicraft. And it continues up to the present. So if you go to Isfahan, you will find the most beautiful artistic objects produced in the main bazaars. And they are usually also sold to different parts of Iran and they are sold abroad as well. But the seat of power changed during the late 18th, early 19th century, and Tehran became the capital of Iran. What was special about this city was that its rise became simultaneous with the rise of modernity in Europe. As a result, the first sign of modern architecture began to appear in Iran in Tehran. Since the early 19th century, many Iranian students went abroad to study. They were sent out by the government to study sciences and different technologies to come back and help develop the country. For instance, in the field of architecture, they came back with some new ideas about how they can make buildings by means of modern material. And the kind of architecture that began to evolve during this period is a hybrid kind of architecture, which uses some of the designs and some of the ideas of Western architecture and mixes them with Iranian material and Iranian ideas. The city began to grow during the 19th century. This is the first era in which the Iranian kings became 
conscious of modern science and began to, for instance, think about establishing newspapers, think about paving the ways in order to improve hygiene in the city and making walls around the city and things like that. Towards the end of the 19th century, the ideas of modernity became more dominant among the intellectuals. It led to the production of new types of literary works and new articles and the establishment of the constitutional movement that ultimately led to the constitutional revolution in 1906, which limited the power of the king in Iran. Iran is famous for its long history of literature, particularly in Persian. And one of the major sources of continuity in Iran is the new Persian language. The new Persian is the language that began to be spoken in Iran about 1,200 years ago, after the establishment of Islam. The sense of continuity comes from the fact that if you pick up a poem written about 1,100 years ago, you can easily read that poem. Persian literature has always been important to Iranians and a great source of pride. You will find people like Ferdowsi who produced the great epic Shahnameh, which breached the pre-Islamic Iran and post-Islamic Iran by retelling the stories of ancient Iranian heroes and kings in new Persian. People like Omar Khayyam, who produced his famous Rubaiyat about the meaning of life in general, and Baba Tahir, who produced lyric quatrains. We also have people like Hafez, like Rumi, who are known both inside Iran and at global level. Rumi and Hafez begin their journey from where Khayyam ends his journey. Khayyam wrote his poetry during the 11th century. Rumi wrote his poetry, most of his poetry, during the 13th century, and Hafez wrote most of his poetry during the 14th century. Khayyam questions everything, all the philosophies, all the religions, and he talks about seizing the day, the fact that whatever we have in this life is going to be lost. And his response is just enjoy life, drink wine, have a good life as much as you can. But enjoyment for him is reading good books, having a good heart, helping people. When it comes to Rumi, it, the matters are more complicated because he is a person who has gone through the all stages of religion and now he has come to the conclusion that more or less what Khayyam has said is right. But he finds another response, which is more reflected in the idea of love as the ultimate source of meaning for life. This love is not just love of another individual, but love of existence in general, love of all the particles of the universe. The same is true of Hafez. Both of them, therefore, are love poets. They talk about love, but it doesn't mean that love for them is a superficial thing. Love finds its meaning in everything that they express about human condition. And once more, they find love as the ultimate solution for most of the problems. What is special about Khayyam's poetry is that when you look at the English translations, you often see that they have been translated as if they are connected. Khayyam's poems are not connected. They are individual robais. Together they make Ruba'iyat. One of the poems that I'm going to read is a Ruba'i, the poem of four lines, quatrains, and then I will read the translation. Dar daireyi kamadan o raftan maast, an ra na bedayat na nahayat peydast. Kasmi nazanat demi dar in maani raast, 
که این آمدن از کجا و رفتن به کجاست. The cycle into which we come and go neither a beginning nor an end does know. No one has got it right from long ago. Where do we come from and where do we go? The whole questioning, where do we come from, where are we going, is a direct undermining of religions because religions are supposed to tell us where we come from and where we are going to. The ideas that are expressed in this poem by Hafez are similar, but put in a way that make them look different. زولف آشفته و خوی کرده و خندان لب و مست پیر هنچاک و قزلخان و سراهی در دست نرگسش عربد جوی و لبش افسوس کنان نیم شب دوش به بالین من آمد بنشست سر فراگوش من آورد و به آواز هزین گفت ای آشق دیری The translation that I'm giving to you is by Peter Avery With locks disheveled Flushed in a sweat of drunkenness, her shirt torn open, a song on her lips and wine cup in hand, with eyes looking for trouble, lips softly complaining. So at midnight last night she came and sat at my pillow. The whole idea expressed in this poem is the replacement of worldly enjoyments for the ideals of religion. It doesn't directly go against religion, but it celebrates the idea of having a special relationship with God through earthly love. Ultimately, what he concludes is that even if we drink, isn't it our destiny? This is the one that he decided for us, so let us go along with it. <laughs> if you have a laughing wine cup, a tangled of knotted hair, and let good resolutions like those of Hafez be shattered. So when the Iranian intellectuals and artists of the late 19th century began to produce modern literature, they had this huge heritage behind them that frightens any individual who wants to put pen to paper. But they started producing new types of literature in genres in which they had never experimented. The first Iranian plays were written during the 19th century. The first Iranian novels were written during the early 20th century. Plays continued to become more and more important in Iran. Particularly during the 1960s, we have some very important modernist playwrights, like Bahram Beizai or Akbar Radi. Bahram Beizai is very special because he is the embodiment of that link between the classical Persian literature and modern Persian literature. He is a scholar, a literary man, and also a playwright and a filmmaker. One of the reasons I chose Bahram Beizai as one of the subjects of my research was the way he used rituals, historical narratives, and also Iranian myths in order to look at the present condition of Iran and question some of the habits and ideas that exist in the culture. During the 1980s and 1990s, for instance, he often depicted constructive intellectuals and artists as sacrificial heroes by using Iranian passion play tradition. Passion plays were often about Shia saints and prior to that about sacrificial heroes of the Zoroastrianism or Mazdaic religions. But in the hands of Bahram Beizai, they are used 
as devices to show constructive intellectuals as people who try to make a better life for themselves and the people around them, but they are confronted with resistance from dogmatic people and from people who are in power. Bahram Beyzai continued to produce up to about 2009. But one of the conversations that I had with him was that there comes a point when you get tired of going against so much resistance against your work. Because he could not produce as much as he liked in Iran, he went to the USA and established himself as a playwright and also as a visiting lecturer. But the literary and dramatic scene and the cinematic scene in Iran continues to be very active. If you go to Tehran now, you will find uh, more than 10 underground Iranian theaters. You only have to find the links to go and find a place in which a play that is normally banned from performance in major theaters performed in this underground space. When it comes to music, you will find the same thing. There are a number of different genres which are allowed in the public space, different kinds of pop and different kinds of classical Persian music. But when it comes to rock music, to heavy metal music, to jazz music, you have underground spaces for concerts and also for recordings that get released through different online platforms. Iranian artists and musicians are very active and continue to be active despite all the challenges that they have partly because they are used to challenges. Censorship is not new to them, not specific to after the 1979 revolution. We have had it before that. So censorship has been maybe an important motivation for artists to work and find new ways of expression.